Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. Today, I'm joined by the co-founder and CEO of PropelX, Swati Chattavedi. Hi, Swati. Hi. Thank you for having me here. Leading the news this week, cryptocurrency exchange developer Bancor loses $23.5 million of cryptocurrency. So Bancor, which is a derivative of this thought of a supranational currency from years ago, they're developing their own exchange, a decentralized exchange, and they lost $23.5 million of crypto, which comes out to be $12.5 million of Ethereum, $1 million of Pundi X, and $10 million of their own Bancor network tokens. Uh, they said it was a compromised wallet. And so this really wasn't, again, we've talked about it before, a hack is not in the blockchain itself. It's in the software running over the blockchain. So an exchange, a wallet, something like that. They had a compromised wallet, which is really just a software vulnerability. Although I know it sounds scary to people who are considering investing in cryptocurrency, this is just to be very careful where you place uh, your trust and your tokens. In Google news, Google Cloud got slammed by shutting off a customer without warning. So if you think about cloud like Amazon, Azure, Google, Alibaba, Tencent, they are running your services for you. And so what's interesting about this is that the system itself, whether by automation or by humans, detected anomalies in this customer. And this customer is a very large customer who I won't name. And so Google said they attempted to reach the administrators before shutting off all services. And in doing that, they took this company completely offline. Now, the company did recover. They were able to get to, in this case, a very senior executive on the account, and they were able to call in to restart their services. But the fine print in Google said that if they didn't, they could delete everything in their Google account within 72 hours. So the lessons are on both sides here. Google said they'll do much better at coming up with the process to notify their customers. And for this very large customer, I would tell you from my enterprise experience that they should have paid for enterprise class support and they wouldn't have been in that situation. So this would really leave kind of the retail user to be very aware of what they're doing. And in the latest news, Intel disclosed a new Spectre flaw. And we talked about Spectre in early January or the Chapocalypse. Um, they discovered a new flaw, they posted about it. And in this case, there was a developer who was rewarded $100,000 from a bug bounty. And that's the news of the week. So today I'm joined by Swati. Swati has been a management consultant for many years, and she's also an investment professional. Uh, she's currently leading PropelX, which is an, an angel investment platform. Uh, but before that, Swati actually founded the MIT Angel Investor Club. That's right. So Swati, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Keith. So Swati, Propelix is a really interesting concept. Why don't we talk about how you and your founders started with the importance of why Propelix is needed? Yeah, absolutely. 
Sure. So so let's go back a little bit in history. And uh, when I was an investment professional at a private equity firm, um, I was doing more of late stage analyses and so on. And I'm personally very interested in deep science and technology. Uh, so I thought maybe I could get involved as an angel investor. I uh, started visiting various angel groups and found that uh, the, the Predominantly, dominantly, the companies that were fundraising were internet companies at that time, mobile apps and so on. Um, and my passion lay elsewhere. Um, so I got together with my co-founder, Li Sheng Wang, and we started the MIT Alumni Angel Investors Group. That was hugely successful, and that group focused exclusively on what we defined at that time in, back in 2014, uh, 2013, deep technology startups. Mm-hmm. So companies that are founded on scientific discovery, or significant engineering innovation. Um, And we found a lot of support from MIT alumni. They were all interested in this, um, and that group did really well. Um, And we realized there is uh, an opportunity for these companies to be brought to the general, uh, you know, accredited investor population. Uh, And there is a huge need because, uh, you know, these kinds of companies, when and let me give you examples, so something like Genentech, for example, or something like SpaceX or Tesla. These are companies which are based on either discovery or significant engineering innovation. They're changing the world uh, and delivering returns, but they find it very hard to raise funding, especially in the earlier stages. Um, And that's where this angel investors group was participating, and there was an opportunity to bring this to the wider population. And so that's why we started Propelex uh, with a mission to help deep technology startups raise funding, especially early on. Now, that's a very noble mission statement. Um, how hard is it to get something like this started? Oh, <laughs> like everything, it's not easy, right? Um, but I think we were somewhat fortunate in that we, when we launched Propelex, we already had the network. Uh, we had a connection with MIT alumni um, and so on, and as well as other angel groups in the in the Bay Area. So in that sense, we found it somewhat e- easier, I would say, because we had the reputation, we had the connections, we had the deal flow. Uh, we had the investors. Um, and so I would say it was relatively easier than someone who was totally new to this idea would, would find. Um, but that said, I think, uh, you know, there are there are challenges. Growth is always a challenge for any startup. And so, um, but going back to your question, you know, how difficult is it to start for us? I would say it was relatively easy given the background. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. So what do you think were kind of the one or two early successes with that network, with the investor community um, in getting this all going? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we were fortunate to have that deal flow, like I said, right? And one of our companies in television, which raised funding very early on to video analytics company, uh, I think in 2015 is when they raised funding. Uh, they just had an exit. And so that that is something that we are very proud of. Um, other kind of early successes, I would say, uh, one company was called Neosis. It's a robotic surgery mm-hmm. company. Um, and, you know, that ha- robotic surgery has existed. It's been around for orthopedic surgery and others, but nobody has done it for dental implants. Uh, so here was a company that is using uh, existing technology to tackle a new problem. Um, that was a company that we helped raise funding early on. Um, and then they went on to raise significantly larger rounds, you know, Mithril Capital invest in them. Mithril is Peter Thiel's uh, later stage fund. Um, they invest in They're doing tremendously well, and we are super happy. So that's another example of an early success. Um, I, can, I can continue to give more examples, so let me know when I should stop. 
No, I mean, you don't have to stop. But <laughs> okay. I, I, think, I think the message there is that, uh, you know, you and your co-founder, Li Sheng Wang, um, had the right mix of talent, had the right mix of investors yeah. and a deal flow, which I think definitely helps out many companies. And even though you are empowering startups, you yourself yeah. are a startup, which I think is just really <laughs> interesting um for folks to hear about yeah really meta <laughs> true so that that's what i think um is interesting to me so then in terms of back in 2013 14 till now yeah. yeah where do you see do you see more companies trying to you know uh uh Copying is the best form of flattery, right? Mm-hmm. Since there's sort of flattery. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you find other organizations trying to copy this model? Oh, yeah. I mean, when it comes to platforms that are helping startups raise funding, there's many of them out there. But when it comes to deep technology, there's no one else out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I would say we are uh, probably we don't have head-to-head competition directly there. Uh, and that reason is that Deep technology startups are special. You know, they need a special type of investor. You need to provide special tools to help investors evaluate these companies. So to answer your question, we can go into those later, but to answer your question, do we see other uh, platforms? Absolutely. Um, Is there someone who's kind of in our space? Not quite yet. Okay, well, let's hold off to the next segment to talk about those other platforms. Uh, You're listening to Keith Koo with Swati Chattaverdi, co-founder and CEO of PropelX. And we'll be right back. If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at svi.biz. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Today, my guest is Swati Chattavedi, CEO of Propolex. So in the next in the new segment, I talked a lot about software vulnerabilities, which we often discuss. And a question came up: is why is it so hard to patch software? And I think the answer to that question uh, could actually take a whole show in itself. But just to simplify it, software is constantly being worked on. And imagine that you are running software like Intel in a chip, and that chip is inside your computer. Uh, there is a lot of instruction sets in that chip that. Intel has to actually write code to develop and patch. It then has to push the patch out, and it's inside a chip. So then the software, uh, an engineer has to download the patch, apply the patch. And and I'm using computers, um, actual physical computers, as the example because you normally have to shut down that server computer. So imagine you're a hospital, and you're running that hospital, and there's a life support machine running on your server. Um, You can't really shut that down to patch. What you need to do is actually hopefully you can schedule some type of backup where there's two computers, you can patch one and not the other one, and then do the the other one during the what we call a system downtime. So that's why software patching is so difficult. So welcome back. I'm joined with Swati Chattaverdi, co-founder and CEO of PropelX. Hi, Swati. Hi, Keith. And before I forget, PropelX is exactly as it sounds, P-R-O-P-E-L-X.com, if you're trying to look for it online. And Propelex is a really interesting concept in angel investment as a platform. And they focus on something called deep science or deep technology, where there's actually either academia 
or an engineering breakthrough, if in, in layman's terms. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Scientific discovery or engineering breakthrough. Great. So that's a good differentiator. And you were talking um, in the last segment about how there are other alternative platforms, but really what distinguishes you is this deep technology. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, um, you've got an entire ecosystem of investors, startups, and experts. That's right. Let's go through each of those categories. Absolutely. So um, let's start with investors. I mean, these are the people with money. And so the way the platform works, I think it's relevant to talk about that. Um, so there is a website, propelx.com, um, and investors can create an account, register. Um, we'll ask you some questions, make sure you're accredited and you meet the criteria. Um, and then once they are approved, they can then view companies. What does that mean? Uh, so companies on the other side can register, they can create accounts, they have to go through a pro screening and curation process, so we conduct the screening. But once all of that is done, the companies get published on the platform, right? And these um, companies or startups can then be viewed by investors worldwide. So that's really the, the big thing that we are bringing, that startups, wherever they're based, whether they're based in Silicon Valley or uh, you know, Idaho or Chicago or Boston or elsewhere, they can be viewed by investors worldwide. Uh, so that really opens up the base. Um, and then there is experts. So what is the point of the experts? Deep technology startups, because they're based on sometimes complex technologies, mm. uh, which are not always easy to understand, um, these kinds of companies intimidate the ordinary investor. Um, and that is the problem that we want to overcome because these companies really change the world and they need the funding at the early stages. Um, in order to overcome that, we allow investors to submit whatever questions they have. And we have experts, an expert network of 1,000 plus experts at this point, um, who can answer the questions. So for example, um, let's say we're talking about a battery technology and an investor says, hey, is this chemistry even feasible? Is this going to scale? How much capital will this need to scale? And so on. So we have a panel of experts and there's three to five experts, each of whom are answering the question. So you'll have like five responses and you have a good picture at this point of what it takes to scale this technology. So that's how that works. Thank you. And I want to bring it back to, I think, two relevant um, points. Mm -hmm. So for investors, you know, we often talk about Warren Buffett, how Warren Buffett actually missed the entire dot-com yeah. era because Warren Buffett, uh, anybody who's read or heard him speak is like, I won't invest in something I don't understand. Yeah. And technology was, you know, oftentimes he said was just um, unreachable for him, even though he's best friends with Bill Gates, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so kind of bringing that into you know, people who listen to the podcast or people's radio show, um, you have people who are investors but have kind of written off technology because it's just something they don't understand. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is that your platform gives access to those accredited investors that if they don't understand something about deep science of technology, that they can get access to it. Uh, so that's correct. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's good. And then the other one, back to experts, um, I've been an expert with different types of um, marketing firms that have reached to VCs for, yeah. for you know 15 years, uh, back from my enterprise technology days, right? I think the expert becomes important because that's the person who's gonna speak to the yeah. investor on why this makes sense or doesn't, given that uh, that's a niche that the yeah. that the investor wants to play in. Yeah, absolutely. So then how do the experts um, participate 
in this ecosystem. Yeah, sure. Um, so just like startups can just create an account and get listed, and investors can create an account and have make investments, experts can also create an account. And so um, when you go to our site, they can create an account and list their expertise. So they'll have to put in some keywords. So then we have this database. When we come across the right keyword, we'll reach out to those experts, right? Typically, we'll start with reaching out to like some 15 experts or something like that. Um, and then we manually review uh, their backgrounds to make sure that their profile, in fact, is a good fit. Uh, we share that with the startup because, after all, they'll see the startup's information. Uh, so if the startup feels that this may be a competitor, they have the right to veto that expert. So we it. do have that. Um, and then once we have the panel, the panel gets all the questions that are submitted by the investors. And we also have a set of standard questions um, for every sector that the experts get. So let's say there's about 20 questions that the experts answer. They can do it on their own time. They'll get a link with a questionnaire. They just have to answer the questions um, and support their responses with whatever documentation or links and so on, uh, et cetera. So that's how they participate. Okay. And then is the expert, um, in essence, brought in as an advisor to the startup? Often they are. Okay. Uh, so, so the question is, what's in it for the experts? I feel like you may be leading up to that at some point. Um, well, experts get to expand their knowledge. That's the number one reason why experts okay. participate. Uh, they get to see what's out there. Uh, the second reason is they get to expand their network, right? So we, after the diligence is done, we kind of introduce the experts to each other and so on. So they get to know more like-minded people. And then the third thing is that very often the startup will say, that expert gave really insightful commentary. Could you introduce me? And so we've had a lot of experts become advisors to the start startup. So absolutely to your point, that happens quite often. Yeah, no, it's a great yeah. model. It's uh, one that I actually support fully and I, I do participate in as well, not with Propelex, but with other organizations. I think the you know bringing into this kind of, we'll talk about blockchain in the next segment, but bringing into this era of blockchain and decentralization and transparency um, the relationship of the expert to the startup, is that then also communicated to the investor? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. In, in terms of what? if So we find experts that are independent. Right. If after that they become an advisor, well, that's great. Yeah. But that's okay. post-facto. Right, yeah. right. That's, that's perfect. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, anything else regarding startups, investors, <laughs> or the, uh, the experts? No. Um, the one thing I will say that investors need to be accredited. Uh, so they need what that means is they need to have uh, an either an income of two hundred thousand dollars independently or with their spouse three hundred thousand dollars, or they need to have net worth of a million dollars or more. So that's that's what uh, defines an accredited investor. Okay, well, thanks. Uh, super interesting conversation. So I do want to remind listeners that I have Swati Chaturvedi, co-founder and CEO of Propelex, an angel investment platform. Uh, this might be interesting for you and your companies. Uh, IBM has a call for code on disaster relief. We've been talking about that for several weeks. Uh, $30 million of prize money over five years. If you want any information on PropelX or IBM call for code, email us at info at svin.biz and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders, welcome back to the show. Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo, joined by co-founder and CEO of Propolex, Swati Chattavedi. Hi, Swati. Hi, Keith. So there's been a lot of recent news about 
connected devices. We've talked about it a lot, especially inside your home. So I actually know of a company that uh, they specialize in resetting all of the devices that are in the home, like a Nest thermostat, once a renter leaves, so when the apartment changes over. And there could be upwards of 40. So there was lots of news lately where people buy a new home or rent a new apartment, and those devices either purposely or inadvertently are spying on you still. (laughs) And so here are some of the, the tips on how to avoid that. One thing to do is list all the smart devices in the home. And the easiest way to do that, there are apps for your iPhone or Android device that will actually show you every device connected in your home Wi-Fi. Um, so you should always know what's connected. Uh, for me, if you've heard me enough by now, I have very little that's spying on me inside my home besides probably my iPhone. Um, remove all administrative access and personal information from these devices when you move out. And that's another thing we talk about a lot, which is the number one breach in internet internet connected devices, Wi-Fi, is people don't reset the default password that they get when they buy it out of the box. And then also, when you leave, is to just factory reset all the devices to make sure everything's cleared. Um, and sometimes you don't even know how to reset that device, so you could throw it away, or you can actually just go to the website and download the instructions. So that's the tip of the week. So welcome back. We have Swati Chateverdi, CEO of Propelex. Hi again, Swati. Hi, Keith. So Swati, um, very interesting conversation we've been having this show. Let's go back to why angel investment is even a thing. Yeah, sure. Um, so angel investing is interesting. Well, first and foremost, because historically, it's the highest return asset class, right? According to the Kauffman Foundation, uh, historically, the data shows that annual returns are 28%. Uh, in the range of 28% IRRs. Uh, So that makes it an interesting um, asset class. Um, Besides that, a lot of angels do it, uh, or investors who invest in early stage startups. So angel investing by, just to define it, is investing in privately held companies, early stage startups, putting in small checks like 25,000, 50,000, and so on. Um, So this kind of emerged in the 80s, um, and then the 90s angel groups started getting formed. So uh, people came together and created an angel group uh, to to collectively do their diligence and invest in these companies. And in the 2000s, you know, things changed and um, became more institutionalized. And since 2010 onwards, in this past decade, uh, we've had the growth of platforms. Um, so in, individuals are doing it not just for the return. So that's something I want to emphasize. People also do it because they want to connect with something they want to have an impact on the world. They want to support their community, startups within their community. Uh, so there's both the returns angle, but also this personal impact angle that people do it for. Uh, so that's why it's a thing. Oh, great. And also, I think um, one thing we had mentioned about earlier is for PropelX, your differentiation was that you're focusing on deep technology. Right. How other? What are other ways that you're differentiating uh, versus other angel investment groups? Yeah. So, of course, like you said, our first key key differentiator is we focus on deep technology startups, which is science and technology companies, which actually can have the potential to change the world and yet find it very difficult to raise funding early on. So we're getting them access to investors worldwide. So that's number one. Um, the second thing is we are curated. So I just want to emphasize that not every platform is curated. 
Um, but having curation means that somebody is already going through and screening companies that are not ready, not relevant, and so on. And we are putting on the platform companies that, in fact, are ready to fundraise. They've gone through a lot of screening and so on. So that's important. That's our second differentiation. Um, the third key differentiation which we discussed before is the expert network and the evaluation. Uh, so that's the research piece which exists in the public market, but there is nothing equivalent which exists in the private market. And I would like to say that we have figured out a way to scale that research by getting a lot of experts involved um, at close to zero marginal cost for investors. Uh, that's incredib- incredibly valuable. That's our key uh, key contribution to this uh, to this space, and finally, um, what I would like to say by comparison to angel groups, the biggest differentiator is that we are providing access to a lot of accredited investors, specifically by lowering the check size. So, like I mentioned, you know, the typical angel check size is twenty five to fifty thousand um, dollars, and on Propel X, though, investors can invest as little as three thousand dollars. So, you can get access to early stage companies at much lower check sizes. Now, why is that important? It's very important because you need to diversify. <laughs> so, if you want to invest twenty five thousand dollars in a in a single check. Uh, to build a portfolio of 20 companies, you need a half million dollars. That means your net worth, given that these are risky companies, you know, and you want to invest a small uh, percentage of your portfolio into this, um, you your net worth would have to be very high, right. 10 million and up. Mm-hmm. But by investing $3,000 checks, you can now, even if you had a smaller net worth, you can now diversify even with fifty or $60,000. Yeah, and I I like that. I think uh, to recap, right, we're saying that one uh, PropelX, you can actually use lower dollar amounts, which gives you access uh, to or investors access that they normally have access to. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of the things we talk a lot about on our show is the concept of risk management. Yeah. And this is actually in itself risk management as well, because beyond just lowering the check size, you're actually spreading on distributing that risk across um, any number of players. Yeah. And the differentiation that you have a curated platform so that these experts add value to that you know exactly what you're getting into. And what we talked about in the previous segment, Warren Buffett uh, talked about how he never invested usually in technology because he didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. You're now giving people tools that like Warren Buffett to actually educate them. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. So then what are some of the companies we can talk about? Okay. Um, so to be clear here, uh, per regulation, I cannot talk about companies that are currently fundraising. Uh, so we can certainly talk about some of our successes, though. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so so one of the companies that we ha- helped fundraise was C2Sense. Uh, this is a company coming out of the technology coming out of MIT. And what they allow you to do is um, it's a gas sensor, essentially, in its uh, simplest form. Um, but uh, by comparison to sensors today, which are huge, you know, they're very large, they're not portable, they cost thousands of dollars, right? 10, 11,000 sometimes. Um, by comparison, what these guys have done is they've miniaturized that sensor. So it's an extremely specific sensor um, which can fit on uh, half the size of your business card, right? So And these can be produced at like 50 cents or dollar and so on. So now you can have these sensors everywhere. And what's the first application? Well, it turns out it's food waste or preventing food waste. Turns out when produce is ripening, it emits specific gases. And if you were to know how much gas is emitted, 
you'd know which produce to put into the supply chain because this is ripe enough. And that really prevents food waste, which otherwise you're just kind of guessing at it. So this is this is an interesting early example uh, company that we fund, funded or helped fundraise for. Um, totally an anecdote. I need to introduce you to a company we had on a few weeks ago called Big Spoon. Okay. Uh, Big Spoon has an app where they're actually matching, uh, in essence, um, deal seekers on restaurants. They offer an app to the restaurant who knows that their food uh, we, they can't say it expires because after it expires, you can't sell yeah. it. But they would know when the food's coming close to that. They would need yeah. that sensor. Yeah, absolutely. So this sensor could actually sense you know, how how um, how close meat is, for example, to going bad and so on. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, after the show, we'll, we'll get you connected. Yeah. So. so what are some of the other um, success stories? Other success stories, uh, AMS, so Autonomous Marine Systems is another one, for example, which is a robotic fleet um, of um, drones on water. Right. So there turns out, you know, we've explored our world, uh, the Earth, we're going to Mars, we are exploring other planets, but we really don't know our own waters very well. Right. Uh, so this is a company which has this robotic or drone fleet, which explores the waters, um, collects a lot of data. And that is very relevant to oil and gas drilling, for example, or a lot of kind of offshore companies that operate in the in the high waters. That's one. This was um, a team which was from Princeton, and Harvard and so on. We've had other companies, um, Zenflow. So this was uh, a company which where we, uh, it was part of the Rosenman Institute at uh, UCSF, uh, which is a medical device company. Now this um, this really relieves the symptoms um, for prostate enlargement, right? Which is a big problem right. uh, as we have an aging population, and and so this is a very low-cost solution to do that. So medical devices like that. I spoke about Neosys, which is robotic surgery for dental implants. Um, we've had drug companies. And there's a company called Sensolin, um, which does kind of once a day and potentially once a week injection, um, and that injection just releases insulin in response to your blood glucose levels. So okay. you don't have to constantly prick yourself and test how much your glucose level is and so on. I can go on and on, but I'll stop there for now. No, I, I think uh, yeah. all those are really great use cases. So then if you're a startup, how do they come across Propelex? Oh, great, great question. So we um, we are very present in the uh, R&D ecosystem, right? So whether it's universities, national labs, SBIR programs like the National Science Foundation, National Institutes of Health, and so on, we are out there attending, um, attending their events, um, just spreading the word. And um, it so happens that companies that really need funding always find us. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, that is always a given. But for anyone who wants to look for us, please go to propelx.com, propelx.com. So um, what would you think in terms of how, once the startup comes to you, how did they get evaluated? Okay. So the way it works is we ask the startup for um, some materials, and there is some basic screening criteria. Um, and we re really are looking for three things right at the very start. Number one, we're looking for deep technology. That's our brand and the company needs to conform. So um, we have a phone call where we specifically talk to the company about what their specific innovation is or what the discovery is and so on. So that's important. They may have patents or they may not. It may be a trade secret. That's fine. Um, but that's the first screening criterion. The second is we need a full-time team. 
Um, so a lot of these companies are started by professors part time, and that is not uh, that's not something that we uh, showcase on Propellex. So we do need a full time CEO and a plan for a full time team. And I know you're about to get to the third one, but we'll we'll save it for the end. Okay. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo, joined by the co-founder and CEO of Propellex, Swati Chateverdi. Uh, if you're listening and you want to get a hold of us, email us at info at svi.biz, especially if you're a startup wanting to get a hold of Swati. And we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo, joined by Swati Chattaverdi, co-founder and CEO of PropelX, an angel investment platform. Swati and I have been having a great conversation, and I had to cut her off in the last segment, and she was just about to talk about her three things. So let's go through them again, Swati. <laughs> sure. So we're talking about the three things that we look for when we screen companies to be published on Propellex. And I mentioned already uh, that, number one, we look for deep technology. Number two, we look for a full-time team. And number three is that we do need at least one investor in the current round, having invested at least $50,000. So whether you get you know two investors, 25 k each, or one investor, 50 we need someone to have invested because that suggests or shows that you not only are fundraising ready, but you've in fact persuaded someone uh, to invest, at least one person, and you have your documents in order, your valuation is set, your terms are set, and we don't have to do that negotiation. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. So going back to what we talked about earlier in the show, uh, there were some aspects of deep tech that then led to the thought about around PropelX and the differentiation. Let's continue on with that. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, when we were defining deep technology, and, and you know, I'd love to talk about some of the sectors that we're investing in. So when we were defining deep technology, we wanted it to be broad enough to actually encompass things that uh, are based on scientific discovery and, or significant engineering innovation, but at the same time specific enough that investors who are investing in certain sectors kind of are familiar with what's going on. Um, so we have that definition of deep technology, and that translates to six key sectors on Propellex, uh, and let me enumerate those. So life sciences and medical devices, medical technologies is a very big sector for us. Within that, you could include devices, drugs, diagnostics, all of that. Um, another sector is information technology. So whether you have software for infrastructure and others, we've done all of those. Um, the key is that we are looking for innovation. So not everything flies. So we don't do that much. Um, energy and green technologies is a third sector for us. So whether it's battery technologies, recycling, all of that. Um, the fourth sector is food and agricultural technologies, which is quite, uh, quite I would say, hard these days. Um, but whether it's sensors for growers or other things, information technology applications, we do that too. Um, industrial technologies is a third, whether it's process industries, advanced manufacturing, all of that. And then space uh, technologies, uh, aerospace and transportation is the sixth sector for us. And there's growing interest in that sector as well. And that's pretty comprehensive. <laughs> what I didn't hear was Blockchain. <laughs> no, we've done blockchain. I mean, I would fit that into information technology. Yeah. Uh, so like I had mentioned to you, we've helped one company fundraise called Block Apps. They're offering blockchain as a service. Um, we do have other companies that are using blockchain technology to accomplish their goals. For example, we have a food 
uh, technology company and they're using blockchain. So we have, in fact have two. Uh, one of them is using blockchain to um, identify uh, where the produce is being, well, it's not really produce. And I don't want to talk much more because they're currently fundraising. But yeah. anyway, suffice it to say that they're using blockchain to, um, so there are certain limits on where you can uh, pick that food from. Right. Uh, and so they're using blockchain to track that and limit that and enforce those limits. Yeah, that's, so. that's a great use case. And when I mentioned blockchain, it was more jokingly that a blockchain would actually could apply to any one yeah. of these six um sectors or industry verticals you're focusing on. You know, one thing I would tell you that uh, the work we are doing, me specifically on um, lots of companies, but especially blockchain and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, for blockchain, you do have this interesting mix that you have these um, also professors, academics, who are very deep in something like, uh, not what we consider um, engineering, yeah. but let's say mathematics, mathematician, yeah, absolutely. or behavioral science or yeah. behavioral analytics. Yeah. And they're developing breakthroughs cryptography. in cryptography, yeah. in game theory, yeah. in things that people don't realize yet what blockchain and AI in, mm-hmm. in their own disciplines mean. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a really interesting place for Propelux to go. Oh, absolutely. And we've had a lot of AI companies. So sure. AI these days sure. is this uh, term that's being overused in many ways. But certainly we've had lots of artificial intelligence applications, whether it's discovering the right drugs or figuring out which therapy suits which patient or, um, or you know, kind of predicting faults uh, in, uh, in networks and so on. So we've had a lot of AI applications as well. That's an important part. Thank you. And then for my next week's show, I'm going to have Jedediah Yuab back on our show, who is the author of Disruptor Die and also um, the CEO of two Silicon Valley startups that that um, did very well. He has been uh, one of the biggest antagonists on artificial intelligence, or I should say one of the most concerned about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll do a whole show next week on uh, back to the tie-in of um, biases, confirmation biases mm-hmm. in humans and how that relates to systems. And this is where I think uh, hard science and engineering are going to really merge with what we don't traditionally see as hard science, but really they are. It is, absolutely. So, you know, with the minute we have left, and thanks again for being on the show, what are some of the other ways we've talked about already? How should they get a hold of you in the most efficient manner? Oh, well, look for us on propellax.com, P-R-O-P-E-L-X. Dot com. Write to me um, at swati at propellax.com. So that's the simplest email. Um, info at propellex.com is a is another good email address which always gets responded to. I have to say I sometimes yeah, you know, I get this mass of emails and I get delayed, but info at propellex will always get a response. All right. Well thanks again, Swati, for Thank being you. here. Swati Chartavedi, CEO and co founder of Propellex and an angel investment platform. And uh, you're listening to Keith Kuhn, Silicon Valley Insider. Anything you've heard this week, email us at info at SVN.biz. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846. 888-828-SVIN. 